Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, we got my main man, Emery Lida, in the building. Emery is an extremely rare case in that the young man has a 704 number. He goes to the school in baby blue. You know, we hate those guys. But he's a Texas Tech guy. This is a Red Raider through and through. So we got Emery on today. He's the former host of the uh, of Locked On uh, Red Raiders. And now he's coming up with even more great content for Texas Tech sports. And we got him on today to talk all things Texas Tech. How you doing, Emery? Doing great, Kenton. Glad to be back talking about Texas Tech football. It's been a little while for me, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. The NC State game has been one that's been circled for Red Raider fans for a long time. I'm personally so excited about it. Back in my home ground, it's a 30-minute drive for Chapel Hill. I'm making it later today, and I am so excited to see my Red Raiders in person. It's been a while for me personally. It's been a while since Tech has gone to a road game that is as kind of hostile as what we're going to see in Raleigh later today. And I have to say, this team... This tech team has been fun to watch so far, but I know it's going to be a difficult challenge up in Raleigh. Now, let me tell you something, man. <clears throat> there are theories, and it's not me. It's just the streets. You know, I keep my ear to the street. The streets are saying that you're a fan of the Red Raiders because you are, in fact, redheaded. That's that's what the streets are saying. They're saying that the natural connection was that, you know, it was either them or TCU because Andy Dalton was the, uh, the redhead rocket there, and, and you felt like, Uh, Texas Tech was the better choice. Did that have anything to do with the decision? I mean, I can't say it didn't factor into the decision, you know, just a small part of me, but no. I mean, I've had, I've explained this story a lot. It's certainly both of my parents didn't have any connection to any university. And in all honesty, it was Michael Crabtree back in the day that really sort of sold me on Texas Tech. I got to see him on the cover in Silly Football 10, got really sort of attracted to his game, started covering the university, and eventually... Ended up in this interesting situation where I'm in North Carolina, UNC, go to UNC, shout out to the Tar Heels. I know you guys don't like them, but I mean, in football, we're probably going to get whooped in basketball. It's going to be the other way around. But yeah, it's an interesting situation, but I have a lot of love for the Red Raiders. And again, continue to love my Texas Tech family and everything that goes on with that. Hey, listen, man, we need to talk about where you go to school and all that. You know what I mean? We let it slide. You was all right with me. You didn't need to bring that up. Now nah, I'm messing with you. But today we're going to talk Red, Raider, Red Raiders. We're going to talk all things Red Raiders. We're going to talk offense, defense, special teams, who you think has the edge, who I think has the edge. And we're going to talk predictions for the final score of today's game. Because I've been I've been teasing my fans all week. I've been telling them all week, I'm going to give you the score. I'm going to give you the score. I'm going to just give it to you right before the game and make sure you got to tune in to get it. That sound good to you? Sounds great. All righty. Well, stick around, folks. We got all that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're here talking the inaugural Malik Dunlap Bowl uh, between NC State and and Texas Tech. By the way, some NC State fans don't know who Malik Dunlap is. I absolutely love the guy quarter. Just a big body, massive quarter that I thought was going to be just an all-time great if he decided to either slide in nickel or drop back to safety. But he transferred to Texas Tech. 
All is well. He seems happy and fine. NC State seems happy and fine. But Emory, we're here to talk what's going on with Texas Tech. And I'm going to start in the unit that Malik Dunlap is a part of, that defense. Tell me, what is the best part about Texas Tech defense and what do they do that is going to make it difficult on Devin Leary and company in today's game? I think to put it simply, it's the pass rush. You look at what Texas Tech's been able to do for the first two games, and it's night and day compared to last year. Coming into the season, we thought it was a pretty massive question mark. You had the individuals like Tyree Wilson, who obviously has a lot of talent, but the pressure numbers from last year really didn't back that up. But so far, through two two games so far, we've seen with Tim Droyer's new scheme, a little bit more aggressive on the blitz front. And already we've seen Tech be able to get a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and especially in that Houston game against Clayton Toon. I mean, Tyree Wilson, Philip Beatty, as well as Christian um, Merriweather coming from the linebacker slot. You also had a guy like Tony Bradford. All of them have stepped up in the pressure department this year. And I really do think that it's kind of a, a case of everyone individually uh, improving themselves. And then also just Tyree Wilson so far having an incredible season. I mean, the sack numbers don't necessarily bear it out, but 16 pressures already on the season. It took him half a season last year to get that number. And, I mean, you just look at what the pass rush does, and it enables Tech's secondary, which has been a little bit shaky so far, to kind of get away with a lot of mistakes just because you're putting the opposing quarterback under pressure early and often. And I really do think that front seven, the run defense, we've already seen be extremely stout, but certainly the ability to get pass rush on really any down at any time has been something that I think has been the key to this defense and really in the Houston game, flip the game because Houston, when they had kind of on schedule passes, were able to get quite a bit of success against that tech defense, but with a pass rush that was able to get to Clayton tune quite a bit, get him under pressure and contain him and keep him from scrambling away like he did against UTSA really sort of allowed tune to make mistakes and put tech in a better position to win that game. You know, I got to say this, and I'm probably not supposed to be saying this, but I love me some Tyree Wilson. His game is it's it's beautiful. He's going to make a lot of money on Sundays because in, in what used to be considered a bad thing that's now a positive, he's a tweener. He has so much scheme versatility. Big body guy, 6'6", 280 pounds. I, I think that that 280 is a little underselling what he is, but he doesn't move like it. He doesn't move like a guy that's a Popeye's biscuit away from being a permanent three technique. So when you watch how he rushes from the inside, from the outside, with power, with speed, with technique, he does everything so well. I'm not going to lie to you. I definitely enjoy um, enjoy watching him play. But now, what do you think is the weakness? What do you think is the Achilles heel that if NC State is to have success, they will attack this thing on Texas Tech? I think it's got to be the pass coverage. I think you look at it, there's kind of two facets. The safeties is probably the strength of the team. You've got a lot of guys that can play in versatile roles. We've seen Reggie Pearson kind of line up in the box quite a bit this season. That's so a far. Michigander, by the way, for y'all. Reggie Pearson, that's a Michigan guy. He worked out with uh, Big Huff and them. As a, never mind. We're not going to go there right now. But anyhow, proceed. Proceed. Right, yeah. yeah, so Reggie Pearson is a guy that can line up in the box. you got Muddy Waters, someone that went to Duke before transferring. We've got two-thirds of the trial area schools represented in the Tech secondary. But Muddy Waters is someone that can line up in the box as well and kind of had a really nice blitz against the or against Houston early on in that game and put tune under pressure. But really where the secondary breaks down is the man-to-man ball coverage skills has been left a lot to be desired. We saw in the first game the safeties, specifically Dejaron Taylor Demerson, really struggled 
in man-to-man coverage, allowed a couple of really long got a really long catches against Murray State. We also saw guys like Rashad Williams, even Malik Dunlop to a lesser degree, Adrian Fry have all kind of struggled at times. And then the linebackers, we knew this coming into the year, but putting them on an island in man-to-man is not something that they can really handle. We've seen it at times against Houston. They were able to get their backs out of the backfield and put Tech in a rough situation. I think that the fact that Houston struggled in pass protection and had to kind of bring keep their backs back in in um, in a package that allowed them to pass protect kind of shielded a little bit of the weakness from what was seen on tape but certainly the linebackers are still a little bit sketchy but still i would say the pass coverage in general but more specifically being able to run all man-to-man schemes is something that i think is going to be a little bit of a weakness for tech's defense even though they're the numbers in the houston game looked really good but i feel like the pass rush and kind of forcing tune into quick decisions and not being able to get everything really allowed that to be the case. I think that there are certainly opportunities down the field for Houston, and I would expect that to be the case at certain times throughout the season as well. You know, I'm expecting NC State to hit a lot of big shots this game because realistically, a lot of the problems that you said and talked about, they are things that play extremely well into NC State's hands. If you look at what one of the strengths of this offense is, this cannot be argued. We have seen the tape. The it's it's out there. Even when in the ECU game, that was much closer than it should have been. The offensive line held up extremely well, except for the third and one, fourth and one from the goal line situations. The offensive line did an amazing, a phenomenal job of taking care of Devin Leary. Now, with that being said, this is the best pass rush that they're going to see up to this point in the season. Not not going to argue that. Not going to dispute that. Charleston Southern flatly doesn't have athletes at that level. ECU did not have a defensive line at this level. But with that being said, those that that deep ball ability, that play it at the moment of truth, is something that I talk about a lot with NC State's corners. I think that that'll be the difference because there are so many guys from NC State who can make things happen with the ball in their hands, who can get deep in a hurry. And, and I'm looking at you, Porter Rooks. I'm looking at you, Keon Lassane. I'm looking at you, Anthony Smith. I'm looking at you, Devin Carter, and even Thayer Thomas as well. This is a, a receiving core that – if you have problems, uh, if you have problems running man-on-man coverage against these guys, it's, it's going to be a long day at the office for you. And I think, I, I think, I am theorizing that it's going to be a long day at the office for uh, Texas Tech. That's that's what I'm betting on. But if you're a better, we got to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place to place all of your sports action and get all of your betting needs this season. Find all the latest sports developments as far as game matchups, news, podcasts, and some of this year's uh, games to open this season up. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sport events all at once, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we've talked a little bit about NC State's offense. And and one thing that I think is going to be a very interesting matchup to see, yes, Texas Tech's linebackers do struggle in pass coverage at times. However, I think that they do a a pretty good job of stopping the run. But the question is going to be, who's going to win that matchup between, um, you know, Demi Sumo Karnbe and Jordan Houston and whoever they decide to swing in as the third and those linebackers? Because to me, Demi Sumo just he is is hard. It, it's odd that the man has the last name Sumo, and when you look at him as a back, the best thing that he has is balance. 
It's just balance. It's the inability to be moved. When he wants to go a direction, you're going to have a hard time deterring him from going in that way. But with that being said, um, before we get to talking about, you know, the Texas Tech offense and all the problems that it presents, even without their starting quarterback, we have to talk about uh, what do you think that matchup will look like in terms of NC State's running game versus Texas Tech's run defense? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because coming into this game, one of the strongest things about Texas Tech's defense has been the run defense. And we kind of expected it coming into the season. You have a lot of linebackers that are really good going downhill and sort of attacking in the box and kind of making life difficult for the running backs. We saw that in the Houston game in particular. I mean, you have on one hand, Christian Merriweather. There's not a lot to say other than he is one of the best downhill linebackers in the nation. Now, Pass coverage the last two years has left a lot to be desired. This year looks a lot improved. But his ability to sniff out the run and sort of attack downhill has been extremely impressive. And he's kind of complimented by other linebackers that have similar strengths. I mean, Bryce Ramirez, kind of a, on one of the outside linebackers, is another guy that kind of factors in there as well. And then you've also got the and then those guys like a Tony Bradford, Bradford and Jalen Hutchings, both of those guys on the defensive line, have done a good job so far rotating in and making life difficult on against the run. I mean, this is a, a team against Houston that really sort of showed out in power run situations. Houston was not able to get anything going against the tackles or in between the tackles. And really the only runs that I would say they were able to get were out to the perimeter and they happened to be against light boxes for Texas Tech where they were clearly kind of in either third and medium, third and long situations or kind of playing against some of the guys like Nathaniel Dell and sort of against the RPO. And I think that was one of the things that Tech clearly had put an emphasis on in that Houston game was stopping kind of the pass portion and forcing Houston to be able to run to the perimeter and just kind of rallying up and making the tackle because having the safeties that Tech has in the secondary that are able to sort of run up towards the line of scrimmage and be able to um, sort of play as more of a hybrid role allows for those linebackers to be more of an, an attacking position downhill. And so I really do think that when you look at this matchup against NC State, I mean, obviously, Demi Sumo is one of the best running backs so far that we've seen all year in the country. I mean, you look at what he did against ECU, it was impressive. Charleston Southern did a huge game again, which, I mean, first off, it's Charleston Southern. Like, it's, yeah, of course. You're going to get out-athleted, out but at the same time. It's a like, stat game. It's a stat yeah, game for sure. Yeah, but being able to put up the – to have that impact is still impressive. I mean, you're still playing against D1 athletes at the end of the day. Like, that's still something to note. And so I think that it's just going to come down to really – in all honesty, how much Tech gets burned in the passing game. Because if they're having to really commit to the pass and force it and run light boxes and can't bring the safeties up like we've seen early on in the season, I think it could be a successful day for NC State running the ball. But if they're able to generate pressure without bringing in too many extra guys in the box uh, or without kind of having to sacrifice the secondary a little bit in the run protection and are able to kind of hold up against the pass, I think that they can – utilize their run defense a lot better because really for me I look at the safeties and I look at Christian Merriweather's individual ability as kind of being the two main factors as to why Tech has been so good against the run so far and I think both of those can be mitigated by having an elite level passing attack so we'll have to see how that goes but certainly I say on paper this looks like a really good matchup and I would say one that through what I've seen through on film through two days or through two games so far maybe slightly favors Tech. Alrighty, so we're gonna switch. We're gonna switch gears a little bit, and we're gonna talk about the offense in Texas Tech. We all know you fell in love with them because of the offense. Most people who love them that aren't from Lubbock or North Texas love them for the same reason. 
They've been known for the running gun for forever. Tell us why this offense is different or why this offense does what they do in terms of that fun and gun to a higher degree than we've seen before. Talk to me. Yeah, so if you're looking at the Texas Tech offense, started under Mike Leach, we've seen under Cliff Kingsbury, we've seen you name the quarterback. They probably put up a 5,000-yard season passing under uh, under Leach or Cliff, or Cliff or anyone. We've seen Patrick Mahomes come through Tech. And then we hit the Matt Wells era, and it kind of went away from some of that pure air raid stuff. You saw kind of more, uh, more of a running attack. If you watched the Liberty Bowl last year, that was one – where you had Donovan Smith and Taj Brooks and Sarajic Thompson all having outstanding days on the ground. But you bring in Zach Kittley as an offensive coordinator this year. And if you don't know Zach Kittley and you're an NC State fan, I would suggest just watch some Bailey Zappi highlights last year and just see how often he was able to generate wide open passes throughout the field and just realize that Zach Kittley is next up in the line of air raid offensive coordinators. He's got so much schematic creativity we've seen it already it's a little bit different at texas tech i think joey mcguire's kind of put his foot down a little bit in terms of forcing kitley to utilize the running game a little bit more also because you have two backs as i mentioned in sir Roderick thompson and taj brooks but in theory this is going to be an air raid style team and we saw last game donovan smith attempted 58 passes he dropped back over 65 times if you're looking at his stats from last year and his starts, he never had more than 38 dropbacks. So you're already seeing what Kittley's doing. It's an up-tempo system. It goes, the system relies on finding the open space in the field as opposed to necessarily looking at pure individual matchups. You see them utilize the boundaries quite often in this offense. And I do think that's somewhat personnel-based. It's what Donovan Smith is most comfortable with as a quarterback. And you have two really good outside receivers in Look, Fungi, and uh and Jerome Bradley on the outside, able to kind of make those matchups happen. But the bottom line is this is a typical Texas Tech offense, but the quarterback in Donovan Smith that is playing in this game because Tyler Shuck got hurt is one that is an unconventional Tech quarterback. He's very strong in nature. He's a good runner. And as of now, we haven't really seen him up until this point ever play in an air raid offense. He's only had 12 starts total between high school football and college football coming into this game because he played at receiver at Friendship High School in Lubbock all the way up until his senior year. So, I mean, this is definitely a raw quarterback, but the pure offensive scheme and what we've seen Kittley try to implement is very similar to past tech offenses. Yeah, and that's the it worries me. It worries me a lot. I hate the mess rail concept. I think we need to outlaw it in football. I, I think we need to come up with some reason in player safety. For those of you who don't know, the X and those of the game very well. Uh, that means that you have your two inside receivers or your tight end and one of your slot receivers running a mesh concept. Basically, they're running right by each other, finding a hole in the zone or continuing to run if they have man coverage. And then the rail concept is the running back uh, running a rail or wheel route to the uh, short side of the field, which Emory just alluded to, the boundary, which is going to be gotten into a lot here. And then the outside receiver is going to be sitting in the middle of the field, which draws it. It's a complicated situation to the unlearned uh, in football, it's very hard to cover. I'm telling you that as a defender. It is one of the hardest concepts to cover. It is a concept that you see constantly, constantly out of all of the Mike Leach fun and gun disciples. They run it and they run it unabashedly. Some of them run it back to back to back. I'm looking at you folks in Hawaii. <clears throat> but anywho, uh, the reality is this is, it, they they do present a lot of problems offensively, but 
my belief about this NC State team is this. If there is ever a situation where this team needs to be able to step up and win a game against a Power 5 team out of conference, this has to be it. There, you got a backup quarterback. Yes, there is a better running game than you would normally consider out of an air raid offense. And of course, in the air raid offense, you don't even really need talented receivers. I don't care. Fight me. That's the reality. You don't. But I think that NC State's defense can do enough to make it tough on Donovan Smith. And also, people greatly underestimate how hard it is to play quarterback at a hard, at a high level in in college football. And like you said, Donovan Smith, we have not seen him do this at a high level. So if he were to show up and show out, um, we got some things we need to speak about, uh, Tony Gibson. We got some things we need to speak about letting the guy that, I mean, I'm just saying, he, I'll tell you this much, okay? He has not been a quarterback to me long enough to justify him lighting you up. I don't care what type of system he's in. So this is, again, this is a, a situation where when I'm looking at um, what we have in terms of our linebackers and being known for a lot of similar things in terms of coming downhill and all that. And we saw some of the problems in terms of Isaiah Moore being on an island against that tailback from uh, ECU, which set up a potential game-winning field goal that they missed. There, it, it's The potential for things to go wrong is there, but I don't think that this NC State team will put themselves in a, a place both offensively with what Devin Leary and, and Slimy Shark and company are going to do on the offensive side of the ball, and what needs to happen in terms of uh, how Smith has to perform. I don't think this will be a situation where it'll be too problematic. But as many people know, I've talked about this ad nauseum. Our outside corners have to have a great game, or at least a good game. Not a great game. They have to have a good game. They have to have a game where they're not looking at the back of receivers' heads like a good barber, right? Like that's just it's, – it's not – you don't want to see that. That is not what you want to see. That is not going to be a, a – a, a recipe for victory for NC State. So that's that's just my two cents there. Stick with us, folks. After this word from our sponsors, we're going to get our official predictions for the game. Now, folks, I've been teasing it all week. I've been telling you it's coming all week. And here it is. Game day. Time for predictions. It's my show, so I'm, I'm going to pick two goals first here. Emory, what is your prediction for this game? What is the final score? Who do you have winning and why? Man, I wish I could pick Tech. I do think this game has a lot more variance than people are suggesting just because you could see two different types of Donovan Smith. We've seen Donovan Smith go into Waco last year against probably the second best defense in the Big 12, a top 15 defense nationally in his third career start and almost beat Baylor with really less weapons than what we he's going to have in this one. We've also seen him play an outstanding game against Iowa State, who had had Tech's number up until last year. And we've seen him basically play two different types of halves or halves against a solid Houston defense just last week. But we've also seen him struggle at times. We've seen the inaccuracies. And it's really going to be the most difficult environment he's played in at to date. And I think the NC State defense, certainly the front seven is extremely good, at least in terms of containing the run. I think you're going to see a lot of opportunities for them to take advantage of Tech's really weak run blocking, which is something I didn't necessarily mention in the previous segment. But I do think that's going to have a factor. And I just think Donovan Smith's ability to play and execute and continuously make the right reads, not make as many mistakes as he did against Houston, is going to be a critical part. Maybe not in terms of Tech being able to win this game, but as – 
in terms of making it a close game because I've got faith in Devin Leary. And I think that when you look at what Devin Leary's done and the precision he played with last year, I will say it's going to be, it's hard to really project exactly what happens for the type pass rush because like you mentioned, State has been good at, at protecting the passer so far through two weeks in the season. They had issues against NC State when it comes to executing on on passing downs, but it certainly wasn't necessarily due to the protection. And I think that certainly plays into their favor. The fact that you've got Devin Leary, who has been really good on deep balls throughout his, the last couple of years and has been really just an accurate quarterback, doesn't make the mistakes that a guy like Clayton Toon did for Houston. Basically, I trust NC State's offense to put up a good amount of points against this type of defense. I think Tech will get a few stops, and I think it's going to come down to just how good Tech's offense can be. But I'm going to err on the conservative side here and pick State, NC State to win because I do think that there's just a little bit too many question marks for how Tech plays, whether it be the secondary and if they can hold up, whether it be the pass rush getting a Devin Leary, and how Donovan Smith plays on Saturday. But – or on today, but certainly you're going to see a game that is going to be close, at least for parts of it. And hey, I mean, Donovan Smith is one of those quarterbacks, you know, he has the inexperience, you know, that he can make mistakes, but the natural talent is there. He is someone that could beat you at any given moment, whether it be because of the system and the opportunities that air raids allows, or just simply because he's a really talented runner and someone that can Im improvise, can make those plays with arm talent for days. So I'm going to pick NC State to win 34 to 24 today or tonight, but it's certainly going to be a game that I think could go either way. You know, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I agree with almost everything you said. I think that the difference will be this will be the the first time that there has been a a close matchup in terms of athletes since the ECU game, where it's going to be a question, where it's going to be okay, offensive line. We will take what happened at ECU as the exception, but you have to go out there and set the rule this game. And I think that that short, that short yardage running game and the ability to, to just get that third and two, just get that fourth and one, just get that. I think that that'll end up being a difference. I do agree. I think the nine-point line is kind of crazy. I think that's a little – don't get me wrong. I'm not the world's biggest Texas Tech fan or anything – but I do think that line is a little too big. I think NC State wins this game in a close one, 41-34. I think that uh I think the tech puts up some good stuff on offense and you know gives gives state a good game, but I think the state comes out on top by just a little bit. Thank you so much for coming out, Emory. I appreciate you, man. It's always great to have you on. And uh again, there, you know, I, I to hear a Tar Heel say that he has faith in Devin Leary, you know. It's, uh, it's always a great moment for us folks over here in Raleigh. It's uh, really, really a great time. You know, it's uh, really a great time. But anywho, tell the folks where they can find your work, and we're going to get on out of here. All right. So first off, I am not sharing that Devin Leary take again this entire rest of the season. Especially <laughs> UNC. My official take on Devin Leary is going to be he's overrated. He's Sam Howell 2.0. Heisman campaign is a complete fake thing. But anyways... You can follow my work. You can follow me on Twitter at EmeryLighta41. I just changed that for official purposes. I've been doing some Texas Tech film threads on there, so do check that out if you're a Red Raider fan or if you just want to get to know this team before you have, before they play tonight. You can also follow the podcast that I'm going to be relaunching at No Middle Madness. It covers all things Texas Tech basketball, whether it be 
the roster, Mark Adams versus Chris Beard, all of that stuff is coming up soon on No Middle Madness. Again, excited to have that brand back. It's been a while since I've been doing just a Texas Tech basketball podcast. I'm excited to get back into it. And beyond that, again, you can check out first you can check out my Twitter account for more news in the near future because I do have some UNC related stuff if you want to hate on that coming up soon. Anyway. We're not here for that. We're not here for that. We're not here for that, man. We're not here. Hey, listen, listen. I appreciate you, man. Uh, I and, and Wolfpack Nation, I appreciate y'all. Y'all make this show what it is every single time y'all come out. If you see Emory in the crowd, show him some love, okay? Show him some love. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't like the boys in Baby Blue, but we always going to be hospitable while we whoop their tail and send them all home, just the same way we're hoping to do to Texas Tech tonight. Peace and love, y'all, and as always, go Pack. Our Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.